Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour! Aloha! <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to join with you today. It's um, it's just a wonderful time, isn't it? It's a really wonderful... Well, I know it's not a wonderful time for everyone. So, I, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I'm so happy to be with you today. And our topic today is freedom... From fear. Freedom from fear. Yes. Oh Lord. Let's 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 release that fear. Freedom from fear. So I am grateful and thankful right now to recognize that it's time for us to pray. Yes, it is. I always like to start with a prayer and a blessing, so let's go for it. Let's go for it together. Ah, So we're taking a breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is. So grateful and so thankful that right now, right here in this very moment, we have an opportunity to turn within. So we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. I place my hand on my heart to remind myself that I am wholeheartedly available to be here, present in this moment, consciously connecting, communing, living in the love. So grateful in this moment to release the habits of fear, lack, and attack. So grateful in this moment to surrender whatever the root cause is of any experience of fear, mental, emotional, physical experiences of fear, falling away, stepping into the light of perfect love, right here and right now. In grace and gratitude, we are truly sharing the benefits of our freedom from fear, our stepping into a life of true and everlasting living the love, with everyone, because we're one with them. In grace and in gratitude, we joyfully let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I am just full to the brim. (laughs) And uh, I'm so happy to share on this topic because I know so many people really grapple with fear, and I certainly have been been one who has done that. And for me, it's it's interesting. I've realized that there are so many ways that we can experience fear on a moment-by-moment and daily basis. And that fear is something that we experience mentally, emotionally, and physically. So let's break this down, because a lot of times we don't even realize that what's going on is fear. For instance, 
when I lived in Los Angeles, I'm living in Hawaii now, in Kauai, and when I lived in Los Angeles, I, for many years, I was finding myself rushing. And when I first started to practice nonviolence, and to me that's really what Course Miracles is also, it's practicing nonviolence. So I began having this moment-by-moment spiritual practice uh, back in the 90s when I started practicing nonviolence. And people would say, well, what is nonviolence? And I'd say, it's really being loving. That's what nonviolence is. It's being loving and compassionate, gentle and kind, respectful and honoring, which we can do all of that and be strong and be powerful. At all at this, You can be powerful and gentle at the same time. In fact, I've learned that very often when I am gentle, I feel very powerful. And my experience is that my thoughts, my words, my actions have a great power when I'm moving from a great, loving, compassionate, generous gentleness, patience, and kindness are very powerful in many situations. And if you think about when you feel afraid and you feel powerless, very often in those exact moments, there's an unwillingness to be patient, to be kind, to be gentle. There's the sense that being snappish and... Um, sarcastic, argumentative, all of those things, somehow there's power in that. And I'm so familiar with that because my life is all about mind training, as I think everyone's is. And of course, that's what A Course of Miracles is. It's a mind training. And what A Course of Miracles tells us is that mind training is 24-7, and you're either training your mind via the ego or via the higher Holy Spirit self. One or the other, there's no other choice. And so in each and every moment, we're either stepping into fear or into love. And that's what I realized living in Los Angeles. One of the key things I learned when I started practicing nonviolence moment by moment was it was such an eye-opener. And that's why I'm sure when I came to the course, uh, it made such perfect sense to me because I'd already been doing this moment by moment daily, watching my mind, watching my choices and my activities. Uh, and it's it's profoundly rigorous and profoundly healing. So I found that one of the habits that I had that was so unkind, that was a fear-based habit, was simply not giving myself enough time to get dressed to leave the house, to be prepared to leave the house, to go to work, to go to a meeting, uh, to go to a class, to whatever it was. And so I would then be rushing. And uh, as we make 
we make a lot of uh, jokes about it in L.A., the traffic is completely unpredictable in L.A. I mean, it's just unpredictable. So, at, for, for instance, at one time of day, and this is true in a lot of places now, one time of day, it can take you 20 minutes to get to some place that at another time of day, in rush hour, it could literally take you 90 minutes or two hours. Crazy, right? And there are times when you can go the same route uh, on a Tuesday, and the next Tuesday it takes you twice as much time. And often it seems inexplicable what's slowing down the traffic. We have no idea. But it's the, the there could be an accident somewhere on one of the freeways, and it will back up traffic through the entire city. It's that crazy. So uh, now it can seem like, oh, this is a bad thing. Oh, this is awful. But you know what it is? It's actually giving everyone in the city an opportunity to be mindful and to practice. Where does your mind go when the traffic is inexplicably slow, congested? I remember one time I was going from Malibu to West Hollywood uh, back in the day when I was working with clients and doing consulting and coaching and different things. And I had a client in Malibu and I was going to my my home in West Hollywood and under, I'll call it normal circumstances, it's an hour long trip. But something had happened, and the traffic was crawling. And so it actually became a three-hour trip. And where my consciousness was, by the time I got home, I like when I was getting within, let's say, a, a mile of the house, I, I literally was crying practically in my car going, I just want to go home. Why can't I just go home? You see, that's where my practice was. And so there was no love for myself in that moment. It was all about fear. All about fear because, and what is fear? Fear is the result of Choosing thoughts that are judgmental, that are not true, that are opinions. I go back to this all the time because it is the cause of all fear and conflict. The conflict that we experience in our mind is always when we say we want the peace of God, but we're not choosing the peace of God. So in that experience in my car, and I did stop along the way and eat and do different things, um, so I wasn't in the car the whole time, and there was there was no way around it. It was happening all over the city. It was just a shutdown, a meltdown, uh, because of something that happened on the freeway. So it wasn't about trying to find a different route or a different strategy. It was about me working with my mind. So... Many of the ways that we actually perpetrate this unkindness to ourselves is through things like not giving ourselves enough time and then feeling that we must rush. So we're now in traffic 
And as spirit would arrange it, in order to help us work with our mind, the traffic will be slowed down inexplicably, or there will be an accident in front of us. So now we go from, I was already running late, to now, oh my gosh, there's no way to make up the time on the road. So it's getting worse. And we think it's all happening to us. I'm the victim here. I have no control over the traffic. So the reason why I'm entitling this episode Freedom from Fear is because it so often seems like fear is happening to us. It's done to us. But that's never the case. Unless we choose to think the thoughts that set in motion and affirm those mental and emotional patterns of feeling lack, limitation, and separation, we cannot feel afraid. Even if someone threatens us. There have been situations where I was teaching a workshop and someone threatened me or, or became uh, argumentative and attacking. I didn't feel afraid. I saw, oh, this is an opportunity, A, to support this person in knowing that even though I've never met them before and they seem to be attacking me, I can love them. And that can be a healing for everyone in the room, including myself. It's a golden opportunity. There's nothing to fear. I am here to be truly helpful. I will be led as to what to say and what to do. In this, I can rest Always. And so there's nothing to fear whatsoever. And, but if I think, oh my gosh, this person could ruin this workshop for everybody, well, then I would start to feel afraid. You see? So if we, this, the second that we go into judgment, now how could I think that that person is going to ruin the workshop? Unless I think I'm separate from them and I'm not connected to them. But I am connected to them. So because we're connected, even though it seems like we have separate bodies, even though it seems like we have separate intentions, maybe their intention is to disrupt things and my intention is to bring unity consciousness in the room. In the mind of God, we have only one intention. So while the ego won't let let me see it unless I override the ego, we hold one will and one intention. In uh, chapter 30, the new beginning, in the section 2, it says, section 2 is called freedom of will. It says, do you not understand that To oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself. The Holy Spirit tells you but your will. The Holy Spirit speaks for you. In the Holy Spirit's divinity is but your own. And all the Holy Spirit knows is but your knowledge, saved for what you may do your will through the Holy Spirit. God asks you, do your will. God joins with you. God did not set his kingdom up alone, and heaven itself 
but represents your will, where everything is created for you. No spark of life what but was created with your glad consent as you would have it be. No spark of life has been created without your consent. We are one with each other. So what if if something upsets you, it bothers you, it's because you're identified with the ego. You can quickly make that transition to identifying with the higher Holy Spirit self. And I say it that way, higher Holy Spirit self, because I truly feel that that, that Holy Spirit is the I am presence that is the I am presence of every being. It is my higher self. And so I'm not separate from it. So our wills are not separate. And because the I am presence unites everyone, there's only one mind, infinite mind of God, that joins us all. How could anyone's will be separate from God's will? And how could we have different wills, even though it looks like we do in this world? In fact, we're working together. And in every case, for instance, when it seemed like the person in the workshop was attacking me, was um, trying to poke holes in what I was saying, it gave me a chance to demonstrate to everybody in the room the security of my knowing. And then people would relax. Wow, she's not rattled at all. She gets this. She lives this. She walks the truth. So that person can have a shift according to where they are in that moment. But if I see them as the Christ and know that they are there to support my intention and my aspiration, which is for the highest and best of everyone in that room, it's a very powerful experience for the collective. Why would I be afraid? It's only going to make everything better. So if we can start to look at, even when the traffic is slowed down, oh, here is my meditation. But we go into fear, I'm going to be late. And then my boss is going to be mad at me. And then I... I have to deal with that all day, and this keeps happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Nothing is happening to us. The way out of that fear, the freedom from fear, is to know that everything is working for us because there's only one will. The freedom of our will is to recognize there's only divine will. And to, in each and every moment, if we're feeling afraid, to say, okay, my will is the will of God. Let me know my will now. Let me know the highest and best choice in this moment. Let me know how this experience is blessing me. And if I can't quite hear that right now because I'm feeling so anxious, so afraid, so worried, so concerned, let me trust it anyway. Let me trust that nothing bad can happen to me because I live, move, and have my being in the love of God and there's no other place for me to live, move, and have my being. So we're grateful that this is so. All right, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio and I'll be right back.
Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Welcome back. We're talking about freedom from fear. And uh, just before we go into that, I'd like to say that I have been doing this wonderful series of free classes. And oh my gosh, uh, I'll tell you, talk about freedom from fear. It's a free series of classes called Stop Playing Small. And if you go to jenniferhadley.com, you can still register and listen to all the classes. We have some more classes coming up, and uh, we've had a bunch, and you can get the free downloads and the replays and all that stuff. And um, I'd just like to share with you that I, uh, when I first received this intuition to do a series called Stop Playing Small, it was really based on my own experience of feeling afraid and feeling separate, feeling not good enough. So back in the day when I was studying to be a science of mind practitioner and then a minister in the agape community, and I was taking a lot of self-help kinds of seminars with a lot of these gurus, and they were teaching how to do seminars and how to make a lot of money doing it and and how to do marketing and all of that stuff. It felt so overwhelming to me. And I thought, how am I ever going to learn to do all this? Websites, emails, marketing. How am I ever going to be a successful minister and teacher when I don't even walk my talk? And I knew it, right? How am I ever going to figure out all these marketing pieces and all this stuff? And I felt so afraid, and I knew I was playing so small, and I didn't know how to stop it. And I was taking all these classes and workshops and seminars and different things about how to expand into your greatness and how to shine your light and how to make a million dollars and how to just how to do this and how to do that. And I felt like I was studying this stuff and applying a lot of it, but I just didn't feel like it was really working for me. And I I did a lot of workshops because I really like doing workshops. I did a lot of workshops for small groups. And I kept thinking, how can I attract more people? How am I ever going to make a living at this? And through my willingness to keep doing my spiritual practice, keep meditating, keep praying, 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 and keep really focusing my energy and being mindful of my word and looking for opportunities to be more loving, to be more patient, to be more kind, looking for opportunities when I did go into fear 
in a belief in lack, attack, and limitation. And to surrender that to my higher Holy Spirit self. And to say, I'm not going to live in fear. No. There's a loving choice here. I'm going to find it. I will not be motivated by fear anymore. And then, of course, falling down, finding myself being motivated motivated by fear 10 ways from Sunday and then remembering oh I can have freedom from fear through choosing love I've been immersed in attack thoughts for the last two hours and learning how to really walk the talk and live the love was the hardest thing that I ever did and so I found that fear was such a motivator for me And a lot of the things that I was choosing to put my time, energy, money, and effort into were motivated by my fear of lack, fear of limitation, fear of failure. But I kept praying. I kept meditating. I kept being contemplative. I kept practicing listening to the higher Holy Spirit self. And little by little, I began to get clues. And of course, the biggest clue I ever got was, be vigilant with your word. And your thought is your word. Your word is creative. It has power in this world to make your experience. This is cause and effect. Chapter 2 of the text in A Course in Miracles. It's just a couple pages. Read that. When I first read that, I went, oh my God. This is why so many light workers play small. They feel it's impossible for them to be vigilant with their thought and word. They don't even really try unless someone's watching them. And that was me. I gave myself permission all day long to use my thought and word to energize lack, limitation, and attack. I seemed to be addicted to it. And so fear was a constant. And I didn't even recognize what fear was. So, for instance, um, if I felt threatened by anything, just anything in the world, and, of course, the world uh, we see when we're identified with the ego is very threatening. So, living in Los Angeles, uh, being, I set myself up every day for having to rush to something because I didn't give myself enough time. And then I set myself up for more fear because of thinking I should look differently. I should be more beautiful. I should be thinner. I should be more fit. I should do this. I should do that. I should be more spiritual. I should be more loving. I should be more kind. I should, 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 should all over myself all day long. I didn't even realize how much of that was just pure, 100% fear-based thinking. And all the fear-based thinking really only comes from choosing to value separation. And so that's what it says here in chapter 30, the new beginning in section 3, Beyond All Idols. 
it says here, Decide for idols, and you ask for loss. Decide for truth, and everything is yours. So, what do we idolize? We idolize things like physical fitness and the perfect weight and thinking that somehow we're better if we can wear a certain size clothing or if we have a ripped abs, you know, that somehow that makes you a better person. But let me just tell you, I have had so many people in my life living in Los Angeles who were by cultural standards gorgeous okay by cultural standards they've got the whole physical body thing just beautiful and perfect and they are working out so much they're watching every single thing they eat all of it and it's all driven by the ego it's all driven by fear it's all driven by fear And they, I, I gotta tell you, I've just met so many people who say, oh, eating this food is better than eating that food. What? A Course in Miracles is so clear on this. Don't make it real. Don't idolize these things. I mean, literally, just think about it. Some people will idolize that the Cheetos, the popcorn, the ice cream, the chocolate, in a certain sense, they idolize it. And other people will idolize that paleo diet, that um, perfect diet, that perfect weight. It's all idolization. Decide for idols and you'll always ask for loss. It says decide for truth and everything is yours. And there are many people in this world today that if they could attain enlightenment, but they had the Buddha's body, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take enlightenment because they wouldn't want to look like the Buddha. Why wouldn't they want to look like the Buddha? Because they think that looking like the Buddha would make them unhappy. You know, you think of Amma, the hugging saint. She's huge. She's huge. And she is radiant. She is pure love. She's awake. But how many people would ever like to have her body? And if, if that's what being awake is, of course it's not required. But you see how the mind is actually afraid because it's so identified with the body. It's totally identified with the body when there's fear. And it says here, about idols. It is not form you seek. This is Beyond All Idols, chapter 30, section 3. It is paragraph 2. It is not form, form in the world, you seek. What form can be a substitute for God the Father's love? What form can take the place of all the love in the divinity of God the Son? What idol can make two of what is one. And can the limitless be limited? You do not want an idol. It is not your will to have one. It will bestow on you the gift you seek. 
excuse me, it will not bestow on you the gift you seek. When you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. Now, this is so key to understand here. When you decide the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. Now, if you think of teachings about law of attraction from the secret, doesn't that talk about decide what you want? Decide the form of what you want. Make a vision board about it. And then draw it into your life using your mind. Your mind, your thought has the power to make things manifest. And it does. And if what you're trying to draw into your life is something that's a potential false idol or is a false idol, it won't make you happy. So what is the purpose in doing that except... You're just aligned with the ego and using spiritual principle to make manifest false idols. It will not lead to your happiness. Success in the material world does not make us happy. We know that already on an intellectual basis. But we all have to prove it to ourselves seemingly again and again and again. So we can experience tremendous joy, freedom, and happiness in this world. And it's not because of this world. The freedom, the joy, the happiness we experience is because we change our mind and we relinquish the idols. So the freedom from fear comes from looking for the most loving choice and saying things like... um, I did a video on this a couple months ago or whenever it was. Uh, in my, it's on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel, you can subscribe to it. I have a bunch of inspirational videos there. It's Jennifer H. Hadley at YouTube. Uh, and I have a bunch of Course in Miracles teachings videos there, etc. And in um, one of them, um, what was the name of that video? Uh, It was about, are you asking the wrong question? So I was saying how for years, literally for years, I would go to put on my lipstick. And sometimes I would not be happy with my lipstick colors. Like a lot of women, I had 10, 15 different lipsticks. And I would try and blend them to find the perfect lipstick color. And, And I thought, I would think frequently, maybe once a week, I would think, why can't I find the perfect lipstick? What is, why is it so hard to find the perfect lipstick? So in that sense, honestly, there was an idolization of the perfect lipstick. So one day, because of my practice of looking for the most loving choice again and again and again throughout the day, I heard myself say, What's so hard about finding the, why is it so hard to find the perfect lipstick? And I realized, I heard my higher self, the Holy Spirit, say to me, Jennifer, you're asking the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question. 
Why is it so hard to find the perfect lipstick? It's not hard. Would you like the perfect lipstick? Yes, I would. But I don't want to idolize it. <laughs> so I realized that and I said, you know what? I'd like to find the perfect lipstick. That would be nice. And within two weeks, I was in an airport, I think in Germany or something, and I found the absolute perfect lipstick. And you know what? Let me just say this. I wore that lipstick for a while, perfect color for me, but then I just wasn't interested in wearing that lipstick anymore. It didn't matter anymore. I had it. It didn't matter anymore. So I just have to laugh. We idolize things that are not worth idolizing. We allow things to irritate and frustrate us, not because the thing itself is actually bothersome. It's because everything is a spiritual practice. If I can be irritated sitting in traffic, I can be irritated. That's all I need to know. So the freedom from fear comes from in that moment saying, you know what? I have a choice. I can choose to idolize something. I can choose to be attached to something. Or I can let it go to the Holy Spirit. I can have a healing in my mind right now. And this moment of irritation then becomes a moment of awakening. And that's my freedom from fear. And these moments are available to us every minute of every day. And so, it's yes, we'd like to shine our light, but more than that, the pain is pushing us to stop playing small. So that's why I named this series Stop Playing Small. It's for light workers and people who are just literally sick and tired of playing so small and so petty and so limited and who are really interested in living the love and walking the talk. It's totally free for you. The whole series, Stop Playing Small at JenniferHadley.com. You can go and sign up. We're at the break time now. You can hear that music. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about freedom from fear and A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we are walking the talk, we are living the love, and I will be right back. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific only on Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. 
Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're talking about freedom from fear, beyond all idols, and when you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. And... Let's break this down. When you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. So in that lipstick story that I shared before the break, the lipstick was the idol. And I was upset because I couldn't find the perfect lipstick. But when I literally, when I released it from thinking, you know, I don't really, it's, it's not, it's nothing. To upset me. <laughs> I'm upset about a lipstick. Okay, that is not the highest and best path of love. And so let me, instead of saying, oh, look how petty and stupid you are, Jennifer. Look how uh, material you are, Jennifer. Look how focused on appearance you are, Jennifer. I didn't need to berate myself. For that realization of, oh, I'm letting this lipstick color bother me. Instead, I could just move into, what would I like? I'd like to find the perfect lipstick. End of story. That's it. It's, is it going to make me happy? Eh, for a moment. Is it going to give me an enlightenment? No, it's not. So that's the key to realizing a true freedom from fear. Is the perfect cup of coffee going to give me enlightenment? Right? How many times have I been in a restaurant in my life and I order a cup of coffee, they serve the coffee, and it's like, oh, this tastes like dishwater or whatever. Not that I go drinking dishwater, but it's awful. Uh, and it's um, really challenging for me to sometimes just realize, oh my gosh, I've made an idol of things like that, right? That's how it felt to me back then. Because I didn't realize that every disturbance, every little thing was idolization. Every little frustration, every little irritation. You can start to see that. It's the, it should be different. That's the idolization. So when you decide upon the form of what you want, what, what it, what what that really means is when you become attached to how you think things should be, it says you lose the understanding of its purpose. Everything in this world is symbolic. So it's only purpose really in this world until we wake up, is to help us wake up. So if we think that something in this world has another purpose, then that, if we think that something in this world has the purpose of making us happy, giving us freedom, giving us even abundance and prosperity, and we're attached to our abundance, our prosperity, our health, our well-being, our love, our happiness, anything comes from some form in this world, then we're literally saying, I would rather suffer than wake up. 
Because all attachment causes suffering. That's what it's saying here. When you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. So its purpose in this world is to help us realize. Everything is symbolic in this world to help us realize, oh, you can choose enlightenment. You can choose love. And then when we are choosing enlightenment, we are choosing love, then what happens is we are in that flow. So what it says here is when you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. Its purpose is to help you choose atonement, to choose awakening, to choose salvation, to choose forgiveness. To choose to release the attachment. That is the path of freedom from fear. It says here, you see your will within the idol. So now let's take it to an idol of, let's say, it could be your dog. It could be your sweetheart. And you're thinking your dog should do whatever it's supposed to do and shouldn't do this other thing that it's intent on doing or you think your your sweetheart should do something that they're not doing it's so common i talk to so many people who say things like um it makes me so angry that my spouse uh doesn't have the same sexual interest that i do uh it makes me so angry that they're withholding sex from me well they're not withholding necessarily. Maybe they have a different level of sexual desire. Maybe there's a whole other thing going on. I hear that from men and from women. Or it makes me so angry and upset that uh, my spouse doesn't realize that I can't stand it when they do this or that. I've talked to them about it so many times. They persist in doing it. It, it might seem challenging to think. That, well, where's the false idol in that? Well, here's the thing. It's, it's really, it, when you decide upon the form you want, the form I want is I want this kitchen clean. I want the socks in the laundry hamper. I want the sex when I want it, the way that I want it. I want the dog to not poop on the carpet, and I want the dog to not bark when I'm gone, or whatever it is. You see, when you decide upon the form that you want, and you have that attachment to it, and you think that your happiness depends upon it, there's no freedom from fear. You are literally living in fear, because you think things being the way you want them in the world will make you happy. But that's not how this world works. Our happiness, our joy, and our freedom does not ever come from anything in the world. Now, when we are at peace, when we are in joy, which are spiritual qualities of God that come from the freedom in our mind, the non-attachment to the form of things showing up, then we can be delighted. So, for instance, when I let go of the form of the lipstick and all of that, and I just said, look, I'd like to find the perfect lipstick for me. I don't need to have any attachment, any craving, any aversion, any of this anymore. I'm releasing all of that. 
bam, a lipstick showed up that I really liked. And you know what? I play, I wore for a while and then pff, I don't really feel like wearing much lipstick anymore. So I kind of stopped wearing lipstick. So you see, it all, all that transpired because of my willingness to first think I knew what the form should be and then to let go of that form. So it says here, your will within the idol, thus you see your will within the idol, thus reducing it to a specific form. We think our happiness is in the idol and we reduce our happiness to a specific form. Yet this could never be your will because what shares in all creation cannot be content with small ideas and little things. We hold and share the mind of the infinite loving spirit. How we, it, it, our happiness does not depend on these little things in form. But when we, when we are free in our mind, we can find joy in the simplest things. It can be so delightful to find a, a lipstick we like. Behind the search for every idol lies the yearning for completion. Wholeness has no form because it is unlimited. So every idolization that we have of any kind whatsoever is trying to satisfy that yearning for completion. The reason we don't feel complete is because we haven't chosen wholeness. We have chosen separation. So the choosing of wholeness, the choosing of forgiveness... And letting go of judgment, which is the weapon that creates our feelings of separation. Letting go of the judgment and choosing wholeness, choosing unity, is what will bring us to a life without fear. Oh, so beautiful. So powerful. And it transpires in a moment-by-moment practice until we completely are in agreement with love and then we don't have to deal with that anymore. It's over and that's what we're going for. So I'm Jennifer Hadley. I'd just like to remind you at jenniferhadley.com you can participate in the Stop Playing Small series of classes totally free and let's pray. I'm so grateful and so thankful in this moment to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to let go of all the false idols, all the attachment to form, and to realize fully and completely right here and right now the only joy, the only true lasting happiness is oneness, unity. I choose unity. In grace and gratitude, we share our choice with everyone because we're one with them. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great week, and I love you. Thanks for joining.